Let's uh, pray. And we'll get ready to dig into today. Lord, I love you. I really love you, Lord. And I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would guide our time together. I pray, oh God, that you would help us to uh, be in tune to not only what you teach us when we're parenting or being the child of a parent, but Lord, that you right now also would help us to understand that you desire to be our true Abba Father. And so I pray that we would see that shining out right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So Psalm 127 is where you need to be. Now, last Sunday, um, if we're, I don't know how many of you were here, uh, we had a very interesting thing happen. And that is that I had Michael and Cammie Francis here, and they were going to talk about marriage. But uh, they got uh, into a very real conflict and disagreement that I did not uh, uh, know was going to happen at least prior to. I will be honest. I knew at the 9 o'clock service there was an issue. I just decided I had to bring it up in front of you too. And uh, did you guys see them go at it? That was like, oh my. I mean, I thought they were so Christ-like on how they handled it. But boy, Cammie was on one side. Michael was on the other. And then I noticed the men cheering for Michael, the women for Cammie. And, uh, and what was it over? It was uh, raising a child. Uh, and I thought, that's kind of interesting. Today, that's what we're going to talk about. But uh, you know what? Is It just seems like that children without a doubt, can bring out the best in us. But isn't it true they can also bring out the worst? It, now, all of you who are parents, isn't that true? Uh, as a matter of fact, it might happen as early as birth. Uh, two of my dearest friends, uh, Tony and Manette Amoslecker, uh, are incredible people, love God. I got to tell you this, Manette is without a doubt one of the most godly women I've ever met in my life kind and caring. She was raised to love the Lord. She was one of those kids and, you know, beautiful young girl and junior high student and high school student, soft-spoken. Oh, I mean, just beaming with the love of God. And so what happened is they had had their first child and then they were in the midst of having another child. And uh, Manette's in labor and Tony's in there being her Lamaze coach, you know, telling her to breathe and telling her when the contraction's coming and feeding her ice chips and rubbing her back and trying to help her. Well, in the midst of having this baby, the nurse keeps touching her. Now, Manette normally, I, I, but, but wouldn't bother, but being in labor, it bugged her. And so what happened is the nurse would come in and touch her and Manette would nicely say, please don't touch me. And the nurse would come back and touch her again. And Manette would say, um, please don't touch me. And the nurse came back right in the middle of a contraction, touched her again. Manette's like, um, excuse me, could you please not touch me? She's in the midst of a major contraction. The nurse comes in and touches her. All of a sudden, Manette says, will you get your blanket hands off me? She has never cussed before in her life. And she's cussed at this nurse. The nurse jumps back. Tony thought, oh my gosh, demon possessed. You know, and... Uh, so what does he do? He leans over her like this and goes, honey, you need to calm down. And she bites him as hard as she can right on his arm. And she's like, Ugh! and And she draws blood. I, he, if, he, if Tony was here, he could show you the scar still remains. He bit her. I, she bit him so hard. And, and that was so out of character afterwards. She's apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, and, and, but, but children can do that to you. They can. I mean, all of us, if you're a parent, have you ever had a moment where you step back and went, why did I just do what I did? Why did I say what I, how could I let that occur? And we just see it happen. Well, God wants us to understand that he, he, he wants to, to help us through that. 
He wants us to live our lives with our kids in a very special way. By the way, real quickly, if you're here today and you say, well, I'm not a, I'm not a parent, this message still applies to you. You know why? Because God wants to be your dad. He wants to be your Abba Father, your daddy. We'll see that more at the end, but I want you to not miss this. Just like when we talked about the perfect marriage, and that's how God wants to have an intimate relationship with us as, as a husband does to a wife. He wants to love you that way. God also wants to be your daddy, and he wants you to know that. He sees you as a blessing. You ready? Don't miss that. I just said, God sees you as a blessing. He couldn't love you more than he does. And by the way, I hope that's how we feel about our own kids and our own grandkids and people around us, our parents. Look what it says in Psalm 127. It says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. It's a reward. It says, Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are children of one's youth. How blessed is the man who has a quiver full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gates. How blessed is the man who has a quiver full of children. Do you know how many arrows a quiver held back then? 23. So if you have 23 children, it says how blessed is the man. It doesn't say a woman who's had 23 kids is blessed, but it does say the man is. And, and you know what? I want you to know what God is saying is if you have one child, that's a blessing. If you have twins, it's a double blessing. If you have 23, it just keeps getting better and better. And so God just says, children are an incredible blessing, a gift from me. And I want you to know that. My uh, friends Tony and Manette, I just told you about, had uh, their first child. And they were really considering maybe stopping there. But I just thought they're such great parents. I mean, I really did. And so what I did is, is I was doing a conference with Tony and Manette. And I decided it was time to just, you know, take over in this situation. And so I got up in front of all these students and I said this. I said, do you guys believe in the power of prayer? And they all yelled back. And I said, no, I want to know. Do you believe that God can do the miraculous? And they yelled back. And I said, well, Tony and Manette have decided right now that they don't want to have any more children, and they've taken precaution. But I know God is more powerful than medical you know, uh, 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 techniques. And so I want you right now to join with me praying that Manette gets pregnant. She's screaming, no. And I thought, yeah. And so we start praying. And I mean, it was cool. Students are standing up and praying for it. And she's just freaking out. And she can't understand why I would do this to her. Well, she goes back to her room that her, her and her husband are sharing. And, and he's got some things to do. And she gets ready for bed and hops into bed. And oh, the first time ever, she forgot to take her birth control pill. And she said her first thought was, it's Chuck. So she got up, not, not having her contacts in, stumbled over, picked up the, 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 the bin that held it, opened it up, and she tripped at that moment every birth control pill. Every one of them tumbled into the heater grate and went out of sight. And she's looking down there going, it's Chuck. And, uh, and so then she locked the door and told her husband he had to go somewhere else. But uh, how blessed is the person that has a quiverful? How blessed are you when God rewards you and your family and your family grows and, and it's a place of love and care. You know, in a time like we live in with families so dysfunctional and people wounded and hurting, God says, I don't want it to be that way. God does redeem people. He redeems families. He redeems marriages. And God tells us, okay, here's now. I'm not just going to give you kids. I want to talk about how to, how to be with them. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, it starts out with something very interesting. Before we talk about how a parent should raise a child, he talks about how a child should relate to a parent. That's vitally important not to miss. Notice what it says starting in verse 1. Children, 
Obey your parents for in the or obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. He said, I want you to know when I, you look at the Ten Commandments, this is the first commandment that not only is a commandment, but it has a promise attached where we would honor our mother and father. He said, I want the children to do that. By the way, that means if you're seven years old, this applies to you. It also applies if you're 20 or 25 or 30 or 40. God wants you to honor your parents. He takes us so seriously. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother... The ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Now, if you're a mom or dad here, I think you ought to have your kids memorize that verse. And next time they smart off to you, take them to the zoo and point at the eagle. He's coming. But did you catch how serious God takes this? He really wants us to do that. He really wants us to honor our parents. And, and, And I want to tell you, this is something that's huge. By the way, to me, this is one of those what goes around comes around. Now, now, you might go, okay, I don't get what you're saying. This is a what goes around, comes around. The number one way children learn is by having something modeled in front of them. Now, I'm not saying we don't teach or speak or show them things, but let me be as clear as I can. I think everybody knows this is true. Truth is easier caught than taught. And if you as a child, no matter how old you are, show honor to your parents, your children will learn to honor you. This is a big, big deal. If you are mocking your mom or your dad, if you only have mean and spiteful things to say, and I know, baby, you've actually had reason for it, but if that's what you show, that's what you model, and you don't give honor where honors do, the bottom line is it will come back upon you. But if you show honor, if you show care, the more likely scenario is your children will do that for you. And we need to show honor. Uh, a few years ago, I was speaking at a high school conference, and, and as a part of the conference, I really felt led by God to address the whole issue of parents being honored by their children. So I've got all these high school students in front of me, and I said, you guys, I am not kidding. I want you to call your mom and dad. I want you to text your mom and dad. I want you to write an email. I want you to do whatever God leads you to do, but every one of you do this. Find a way to show honor to your parents this week. I, I want you not just to say, oh, I honor you or thank you. I want you to name something very specific that you could tune into that your mother and father have done for you. It's something that you've noticed, something that matters. Let them know it. I want you to let them know. Let them know. Well, I got to tell you what happened. Man, I'm, I'm getting right away feedback from parents saying, I don't know what you're doing at that conference, but can my child stay there two more weeks? You know, I mean, we're just getting all this. But then it happened. I'm standing there, and one of the men who's helping oversee a particular church's youth ministry, he's just a volunteer. He's about 50 years old. He comes walking up to me, and his eyes are red. He said, Chuck, I know you were talking to the high school kids, but I took it to heart. I want you to know, I don't think ever before today, not even once, have I ever told my mom thank you. I don't think I ever told her thank you in a minute. He said, so I got a cell phone and I made the call. And once I started in, I had to stop because she was crying so hard she could almost not be able to listen. He said, then I was crying. 
He said, I don't know why I waited. I got to say, it's, it's not an age thing. It's what we do. We just show honor. Now, we're in a culture that doesn't do that. Now, I, I know some of your families do. But by and large, our culture's not that way. We don't show honor to adults. We don't show honor to people based on just who they are. And, and, and we should. We should. I remember when I was a little kid. I'm going to tell some little kids stories today. My dad was in the Air Force. We're standing outside kind of a, 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 their version of a supermarket. It was called a commissary. And me and my two friends are talking. Now, I don't know why kids do this, but there's a certain age where it seems like junior high kids, we just want to cuss. So we're out there cussing away. And this big old sergeant in the Air Force looks at us and says, guys, shut your mouths. There are women present. We looked around horrified that we had said something like that in front of women. By the way, I want to ask you, if I went over at the skate park and said, guys, be quiet, women are, do you think that'd go over very big? What happened? What happened? And, and I want to say that, you know what, I don't know if you've thought that through. God does not want us bound to a culture with this kind of level of disrespect. Where, where on the media, parents are mocked. Where, 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 we just don't see healthy family. God wants more. That's why I'm asking you to pray for seven days this week. For God to start transforming this. It's time to go to prayer. It's time to go to the Word. It's time to live this way. But you know where it starts? It starts with me honoring my mom. And you honoring your mom and dad if they're available to honor. And really start by saying, I'm going to give honor to people that way. And then it feeds into the next part. Notice what it says in Ephesians 6 verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, I don't know if you grab the amazing call to balance here. There's a balance. You don't want to swing the pendulum too far this way or too far this way. Uh, uh, by the way, I, I just got to tell you, we've got we've to find that center point that God says. It starts with this. Don't provoke your children to anger. Don't frustrate them. If you've got a child, whether they're young or, or, or just in elementary or they're junior high or high school, you know, don't put them in no-win situations. And that's what too often parents do. We put them in a situation where they just can't win. And they get angry and they act out and they finally give up and rebel. And God says, never, ever as a parent do that to your kids. Never do that to them. Make sure you don't put them in a kind of a no-win situation. Now, let me just give you some examples. These are just some. There's a lot more ways you can go with this. But for instance, if you have a child who's an introvert, do not try to make them an extrovert. Do you catch what? If God, I believe God has put a unique personality in everybody. That's why today we prayed for Ava and Emma, that, that the parents would see those unique children. And even though they're twins, they're going to have similarities they're gonna have differences but you know what is as in my case i had one son who's an incredible extrovert and i have another son who's an incredible introvert and while i want to help them be healthy i do not want to make the person who's an introvert feel like they're less than we live in a culture today if someone goes well i'm introverted we're like oh i'm sorry well i hope you get over that one man you know i uh, there is this thing called shock therapy no you know i I, 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 you may not agree with this, but people who studied personalities, do you know who probably almost for sure was an introvert? Jesus. He was very healthy. He did all right with his life. Right? By the way, you study what an introvert is in a healthy way, and you see that just emulating from the Lord. Why? Because he could go away and be alone for long periods of time and actually rejuvenate and be okay. 
And, you know, so often, you know, I've had parents come say, my daughter, when she gets home, she just goes, gets her book and wants to be in her room. And I'm like, well, you know, within reason, now you got to be careful. Don't go to an extreme. Let her. Let her. I wish she'd just go out and make more friends. Do you realize how hard it is to make friends? And, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, you just don't want to put them in a no-win situation. If they're an extrovert, then you know what? Don't try to quench that too much. Now, I'm not saying don't create boundaries. I think anybody who's been around me knows that I'm a high, high-end extrovert. I'm the far extreme of it. And so my mom and dad had problem after problem with me being an extrovert. I was talking in class and always making new friends and talking away and getting in trouble. I think every single year at the parent-teacher conference it was, can you get Chuck to settle down? Can you tell him to listen in class? When I was in seventh grade, my mom and dad were in a parent-teacher conference. My seventh grade teacher said, you know, Chuck's very bright. He's actually a very fun young man. The problem is he talks way too much. And I can't get him to quit talking. And my dad said, well, why don't you move him? She goes, I did. I put him next to me and he distracts me. You know. Now, should I have been reined in just a little? Yeah, but the reality is, is my mom and dad wanted me to flourish in that area of my life. You want to be able to do that. If you have a child who's athletic, I, I think you got to really support that. But if you have a child who's not athletic, you don't want to force them into a no-win situation. I, I, I met a guy one time who literally was a high-level college football player, almost drafted in the pros, and he had a son who was big for his age. And the whole of his life, his son never, ever, ever wanted to play any sport. He wanted to draw. He wanted to paint. And the dad had to learn that was just okay. And he said, you know, I had to go to those art exhibitions and look at my son's art and cheer just as loud as if, if, as if he were athletic. I ended up having one of each. I had my son, Rich, was high-end academics, and he was on the academic decathlon team. And we went to the academic decathlon, and when he gave the right answers, we gave standing ovations for him, which embarrassed him to death. And uh, my son, Tim, incredible basketball player, and we got to go cheer for that. And I just wanted to cheer for them. And God wants to cheer for you, by the way. It said, so don't frustrate your children. Don't try to make them into something you're not. Now, that's what we're going to get to more in a minute. But before we get there, notice what it says. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, don't miss that. Paul says, I'm not saying take hands off. I'm saying train them up in the discipline of the Lord. Train them up in the instruction of the Lord and being godly people, godly lives. Children need that. They need it. I don't know if you know it, but there's this thing that's really true. It's called the sin nature. You have a sin nature. I have a sin nature. Your children are born with a sin nature. There isn't one of you here who said, man, it was really difficult. I had to teach my child to lie today. Have you ever noticed that? Anybody here have to teach your children to lie or they just lie on their own? Anybody have to teach your child to hit? Honey, go hit. Uh, almost nobody. I had one mom who said, my child bites. I don't know what to do. I said, it's called the sin nature. You know, and, and you know what? That's in them. And we have to train them. We have to help them. We have to be a part of it. And it's that balance that God wants for us. We need to do that. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 6 with me. And notice it starts this way. Train up a child in the way he should go. Train up a child in the way he should go. Now, notice that. God says, I want you to train them. Socrates marveled at the idea that men would take so much time to train horses and so little time to train a child. 
And again, I'm not talking about frustrating him. It's the balance here. But God is saying to me as a dad, even at my age now, and God is saying to you as a parent, if you're a parent, to put some effort, some study into training your child in the way he should go. We'll get into that part in a minute. But notice it's bringing them up in the instruction in the discipline of God, it's training them. It's being actively a part of helping them grow, helping them be better. God wants you to do that. When uh, I was in um, junior high again, I was a part of the Boy Scouts. And I actually got a, a paid position at a summer camp. And uh, it was the first time in my life it happened. I'm sixth grade, basically. I go to this camp. I'm being paid to be there because I'm you know, already gonna, just close to getting my, being an Eagle Scout at a very young age. And uh, I had the guy who ran the camp, I, I could not do anything right in his eyes. Now, I, it's not that I'm perfect, but I got to tell you, it's the first time ever I had that. Little league coach, teachers, any, I never had anybody that down on me. He mocked me, he belittled me, he frustrated me, he yelled at me, he never physically touched me, but I kept wondering if it wasn't going to happen. And here I am under this man's, you know, uh, authority, and finally, I'm getting more angry and more angry. Friends of mine are coming going, what has he got against you? And I said, I don't know. Well, I knew it was the night before my dad was going to be coming to visit. And he lit into me. And whether he, I, in my perspective in that moment, he wasn't right. I'm sixth grade. I'm a little guy. This big old man is belittling and screaming at me in front of everybody. And I finally looked at him and said, I don't have to take it anymore. And I'm yelling back. You, I quit. I resign. And I even think I said, like, I hate you or whatever. You know, and, and I said, I am, my dad's coming tomorrow. I'm out of here. And you know what? I'm not, I'm done with you. And so, you know, I, I just I got mad. I'm almost crying. I go back. I've got to tell you, it felt so good just to give it to him in front of everybody. I even had some friends going, oh, great job. You know, man, you deserved it and, you know, all that. Well, my dad shows up the next day. My bags are packed. He said, what are you doing? You got three more weeks. And I said, Dad, I, I, I can't stand it. This, the way this man's treating me, you ask my friends, you ask the kids you know. It's unfair. And he said, Chuck, lots of things in life aren't fair. He goes, I, I'm in the Air Force. Lots of the men I serve under, I don't think they're fair. You got to obey authority. He goes, does he hit you or touch you? No. He yells at me in front of everybody. He goes, you can take it. He goes, you're not quitting. We don't raise quitters. I'm like, no, Dad, I'm ready to cry. You cannot make me stay. He says, no, you made a commitment to be here the next three weeks. You're going to stay. I said, Dad, I quit. He goes, well, we'll go unquit. Come on. <laughs> so he makes me apologize. I hated it. My dad, and it wasn't good enough the first time. He said, no, you look him in the eye, and you apologize, and you shake his hand. And he tells this man, is that good enough? And, and the man said, yeah. He said, he'll be here the next three weeks. He took me out. He said, Chuck, you've got to learn. You're always going to have people like this in your life. This is a great opportunity for you. You do not let him get to you. You do your best. Don't let, you can do it. Man, I got to be honest. When my dad got in that car and drove away, I thought, I can't believe you're doing this to me. But my dad wanted to train me something. Now, I do need to tell you something I did not know at the time. After he told me that, he snuck around and had a private meeting with this man. And my dad wasn't a Christian then. <laughs> Remarkably, he treated me way better the next three weeks. <laughs> By the way, real quick parentheses, I know God does that. I know God says, it may be tough for you right now, but I'm more interested, now catch this, in your character than your comfort. 
And you say, well, God, where are you? Well, God's still doing things for you. But he, he wants you to grow. He wants you to grow. And he's that kind of a dad. In 1 Corinthians 10, it says he'll never let you be tempted beyond what you're able. He's going to be there. He's there. It also says in James 1 to consider it joy when trials come your way. Why? It makes you better. Because God, if you might be going, does this message apply to me? This part applies to you. He wants you to know that. He trains you. He even disciplines you. That churning in your stomach, that time, your gut twisted was the Holy Spirit going, no, no, don't do that. Don't be that way because God trained you. And if you ever think that God's way out there somewhere, he says, no, I'm your Abba Father and I discipline my children I love and I give them victory and I give them strength and I give them direction. God wants that for you and you need to grab hold of that. But notice what it goes on to say in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, the key is this. You need to help them find the way he should go. Everybody here, all of us here, God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. You are not, you are not an accident. God has given you a destiny. He has a plan for you. He made you the way you are, your personality. He promises to take all that's happened in your life and mold it around you for good if you let him, even, even the heartaches and horrors. But God says this. He says, I know I've given this to you. As a parent, I need to help my children find their God-given way, the destiny they have. The word way he should go, the word way there is where we get the idea of a bent. God created you to be a certain kind of person with a very clear purpose. And God wants you to find it. God wants you to live it. God wants you to flourish in it. And as a parent, my job is to help my children find their God-given calling, to help them be the people God's created them to be and to live the amazing job they have to live. Now, how do I do that? Part of it is by instruction. Part of it's by modeling. A huge part is by encouraging. And God wants a parent to tune into all those things with amazing balance. And we need to have that kind of heartfelt attitude that God would want us to have that and live that out in a very clear way. That's who he wants us to be. And by the way, before you miss this, that's who he wants to be for you. That's who he wants to be for you. Listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might. Now catch this. Why did he do it? So you would worship him? Well, he wants you to worship him. So that you would believe in him? Well, he wants you to believe in him. But why did he do it? So that we might receive adoption as sons. He wants to adopt you. He wants you to be his child. Verse 6, because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The word Abba is an Aramaic word for daddy or papa. Papa or daddy. And it says, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. God says, do you know why I did this? Why I had my son come and live the life he lived and die on the cross for you and, and rise from I did all this to take you away from that which keeps you in bondage and cleanse you and redeem you and adopt you. How many people are this close to an amazing relationship with God, but we stand back 
You might even believe in him, but God wants it to be intimate. God wants it to be close. That's why Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If you would open up to me, I would come into you and I would share intimate fellowship with you. That's what he said. I want this to be close. God says, I want to be your Abba father, your Abba father. There's almost no better word than that. The other night I in Cincinnati, Ohio, and the phone rings, and I hear Pam talking to my grandson, Liam, who's two years old. He's uh, not quite articulating big words yet, but he's, he gets a few out. His uh, favorite word is no. His second favorite word is K. Okay. And then my favorite word is Papa. And so Pam talks to him for a couple minutes. She goes, do you want to talk to Papa? And I hear K, K, really loud, and she hands it over. This kid's got the attention span of a 50-year-old. That meant the minute I'm on that phone, he's not going to hang up. He, he just tunes in. And so he and I talk for 25 minutes. And then when I would run out of things to say, I'm like, because I would ask questions, K, and, and I talked to him, and he would love to answer. And then all of a sudden, it got real quiet, and I'm thinking, what do I ask next? And I just hear these words, Papa? He thought I, I hung up. He thought I wasn't there. He goes, Papa, Papa? And I'm like, oh, I'm here, buddy. And all oh, this gibberish starts. He speaks in tongues. And uh, <laughs> then we get home, and we yesterday get to spend hours with them, and we go over, and Pam steps out with Eleni, who's only one, and she screams, hi, hi. And then Liam comes running out the door to me. And I couldn't wait to get my hands on him. I am not kidding you. I am not kidding. That's how God feels about you. You could not be more special. You could not be more loved. You could not matter more to him than you do. Does he want to train you? Yeah, he does. And a picture that we should have is of a loving father who trains their children. Does he want to love on you? Yes, he does. He wants to do that. And so we need to let God do that for us in our lives. We need to let that happen. Today, if you're here and you don't have that relationship with him that way, if you don't know him that way, I want to encourage you to let him adopt you. How do you go through the adoption process? What you do is Jesus said, would you open up to me? In Romans 10, it says, will you call on the name of the Lord to be saved? Will you say to him, I want this? If you've never done this before, what you do is you pray. I am hoping and praying when we go to this time of prayer, you're going to sense a God who loves you beyond compare touching you and stirring in you. I'm going to pray that for some of you, you're going to sense something going on. And you're going to go, it's happening. And then I'm going to ask you in this time to pray a prayer with me where you tell him, yes, I want it. It's how we begin the process. There's other steps, but I'm going to ask you right where you're sitting just to whisper those words. If you're a prodigal child, someone who was a Christian, but you now are not as close to God as you need to be, I'm going to ask you today to recommit to say, God, take me back. He would never turn his back on you. I'm going to ask you to come home to him. Today, if you're sitting here and there's pain in your heart and life, maybe because your parents were horrible to you, and you need God to be your Abba Father more than ever, he would love to be a father to the fatherless like you can't imagine. Just open up to him. Let's pray. Father, I know that you want to be our Abba, our Daddy. So I ask right now that, first of all, you help all of us who parent children, no matter what age, to be wise, insightful, patient, 
and loving, firmer we need to be. And God, may we watch over our kids. May we be their protection, no matter what age. May we especially be the prayer warrior who prays over them. And Lord, today I pray we'd let you do that for us. Jesus, we know you still intercede for us. So right now, Lord, I'm going to ask that you start moving and touching anybody here today who needs to open up to you. I pray, oh God, that right now your Holy Spirit would stir and touch them. So in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, may they know. Oh, may they know they matter. That, that right now is their moment to say yes. Maybe, God, there's someone sitting here right now and they didn't even think this was going to happen, but now it's their time. That all the barriers are starting to tumble down and they're going to open up to you. I pray for the person who's been so hurt, they wondered how you could even be there, God, because life's been so hard and so bad. But I pray today they're going to know that you are here for them now. And God, they're going to open up. I pray for the person who's sitting here and they're so lonely. They've never felt loved like being in a family. And God, today is the day they become your family. So I pray for them right now, Lord, that you touch them. Father, I think there's someone sitting here right now who is so ashamed and disappointed in what they've done. But Lord, I know right now you love them and I pray they can sense it. I pray, God, that they would know that you're not angry with them. But Lord, your heart goes out to them because when they did what they did, it was like their little daughter getting hurt. And you just want to draw them close. And I pray today she'll let you. So Lord, we pray right now you're going to start touching anybody here who needs to say this to you, who needs to give themselves to you. I want to ask that we keep praying. And if you're right with the Lord, please join me in praying for anybody who needs to make this commitment. But right now, I'm going to lead a prayer and ask you to whisper it with me if you want to either commit or recommit your life to Christ. Today could be the most incredible day ever for you either to come to Him or come home to Him. Or maybe to be healed from hurt and pain. To be freed from failure in your life. Things you've done you wished you hadn't. Let God just love you. Right now, if you would, just join me in saying these words to him. If you want this, you sense he's calling you to. Right now, you can almost feel something's good. You're, you're almost tingling. This is your moment. Say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know that you died on the cross to forgive me my sin to heal me from hurt and from pain, to free me from all fear and worry, to make me alive, to make me brand new, a brand new person, and to make me yours. So adopt me. Make me your child. And show me the life you have for me. Because I'm yours. This I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, praise God.